0: episode
1: five episode five we
0: did it welcome a back to the hand. tasting room a whole
1: hand <laughs> we did it you <laughs> we know. can high five now
0: that was a lot of fun uh nick corcoran from uh he told me just to say his name i always thought it was cochran right and then i i was looking actually looking at his name for the first time oh i actually and when i was, announced him i didn't say you his just said name you were smart because it's really hard to pronounce because it's C-O-R and then like, Corin or whatever. And so back at the restaurant, he was like, so Nick is our guest, uh, he runs High Dive, which is Korean inspired barbecue, fucking delicious. You'll see some of the food we ate. But it yeah, was, he was like, just say Core and then you know, Korin. Kor, Korin. 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 Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's how you say it. He said, just blur the rest of it, but yeah. But he's our guest for episode five. Um, really good talk and good food and some special beer
1: yeah uh really fun to just hang out with a friend get to see a more in-depth view of what he thinks uh one his story yeah great story but two um really what he he defined as why tulsa is going where it is
0: but also what is keeping us from where we're going there you go yeah and it was I didn't get heated. Heated is the wrong word, but I took exception to that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think as I should. 100%. Right? 100%. Yeah. You guys will see what we're talking about after the break. Nick Corlin coming up after the break. Thank you very much. Hey, I'm John. I'm one of the partners here at Grassfire Creative. We are a production company. We do animation, video production, live production, Anything you need to creatively tell both your story and your business's story, along with the content that we create, we also provide the strategy behind how to get it in front of the eyeballs that matter to you. We're located right in the middle of the United States in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So no matter where you are, we're just a short flight away. Bottom line is we are very excited to both meet you and tell your business's story. Please do reach out to us one of the ways below via email or phone number and check out more about us at our website, grassfirecreative.com.
1: Welcome back to the tasting room. Thank you for listening, everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. So, today we have a wonderful guest that is going to fill our bellies with a lot of really good tasting stuff. I can already smell it. <laughs> His name
0: is Nick, and he is from High Dive. Howdy, guys. What's going on, brother? Doing well of itself. I'm doing well. So, for those that don't know, if you haven't been to Grassfire, or you've probably been to High Dive, but you haven't noticed Grassfire, we're legit neighbors. About as close as you can get. About as close as you can get, yes. So, so how
1: is, what's lunchtime like over here? So I Fire? have
0: to, I don't know, I haven't told you this story, but I have to consciously make a choice to not come to high dive every day for lunch. I believe that. <laughs> it's a thing. I believe it's like I let myself like three, four times a month. It's like, okay, let's go eat high dive. Because if not, just walk out the door and it's right there. I mean, and it's
2: it, it's right there and it's decadent. Yes, I mean, so good. It Smoked meats and fats, and it's all really, really good. And it's something you can eat every day, but honestly, no grown human should. <laughs> Coming from a barbecue <laughs> right. guy. Had, Please eat my food. Right. Please come there as often as you possibly can. But, you know, meat's meat. Get some <laughs> veggies in there.
0: So we'll start <laughs> with some bourbon. I'll open this up. I'll go ahead and ask the first question as I'm as I'm doing that. Um, right on. Take me on your culinary journey. So how did you end up? Where Cutting meats and, yeah. and slinging barbecue and all that. And where, that. How'd you get there?
2: It's a fair question. Uh, so growing up, um, I have ha- I've had Hasty Bakes in my backyard my entire life. My dad had shout off- out. Yep, shout out Hasty Bake. Uh, my dad had an offset smoker. Um, he would work nights. He was a respiratory therapist who really enjoyed cooking, had a lot of fun cooking. And whenever he had nights off, he would just sit up in the kitchen and drink rum and cook for like 10 to 12 hours. That's what he spent his day on. Uh, He had a really huge, nice analog sound system in the house. He would pump that up as loud as like he had it marked on the actual uh, mixer, how loud he could get it without it hitting the bedrooms. So he would would crank (laughs) it as loud as he could and just drink rum and listen to music and cook. And we'd wake up the next morning And all this food, it was like meal prep Sunday type stuff. All this food would be in Tupperware containers in the fridge and there'd be a bucket full of dishes in the sink. You'd be like, do the fucking dishes you get done from school, enjoy your dinner. If you guys need anything, call me and you'd head off to work. And that was my introduction to food. Yeah. Uh, My mom was, she was adventurous enough, but my dad was the type who would drive to any strip center in Tulsa. The further from the house you can get, the better. You'd be like, "Hey, I found these euros over here. You coming with me?" And I was kind of his food buddy. Right on. So I grew up kind of eating some not necessarily obscure food, mm-hmm. but you know, off the beaten path, letting people cook for you type stuff. And then doubly so, my neighbor three doors down, uh, Graham Neckett was his name. His mom was Susan. Uh, she actually operated a commercial kitchen out of her house. She had a fully certified commercial kitchen. She was doing cakes, you know, like cake boss type cakes. Back, and this cool. is the mid-90s. That's a skill I mean, set oh, that, really that cool. I just she, admire. Yeah, she, people I mean, that can do cake she, she was was She was amazing. <laughs> she was amazing. And her rule for cooking, like whenever you went over there for dinner, was if I put it in front of you, you eat it. You can spit it out. You can gag. You can make a face. But you try it. Mm-hmm. Right. And God forbid, you know, maybe you'll find something that you like that you didn't think you'd like. I had shark at her house at one point in time. We were doing fondue shark. Wow. I was like seven years old eating that shit. How did she get shark here? That's a fantastic question. Probably Bodine's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Probably, but and, uh, uh, yeah. what
0: was the fondue? What was? Do you remember the dip? What no, were you dipping I, shark I, in?
2: I, I was a child. Yeah, that's crazy. I was a child. I, we did some really crazy stuff at her house, and that's what I grew up eating. And it was mm. every single night you sat down at the table, water and milk were your only options, and you ate whatever was in front of you, or you didn't. And if you didn't, you went back home and you ate whatever shit your parents gave you. Yeah. And that was kind of my introduction to food. Uh, kind of my cultivated my love for it. Uh, I wound up in restaurants because whenever I moved to OSU, went to school in Stillwater, go Pokes. Spent six <laughs> Might years. Might be the there. best team in Oklahoma. <laughs> Don't say that out loud. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> the, the worst thing an OSU fan can get is hope. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Unless they're but on the true. golf team. So bad. Yeah, but true. Yeah, yeah that's that's or point. the golf. Yeah, the that's golf team. So moved off to Stillwater and a uh, local dining hall. I was living in Scott Parker Wentz and they had one dining hall at the base floor that would pay you money. They would work around your schedule and whatever schedule you, basically you handed them your class schedule and they gave you a work schedule that lasted for the entire semester. So it was cool. spending money enough to get by. I was making five fifteen an hour because it was before the last pay raise and it was enough to buy beer on the weekends and do whatever I needed to do and get gas to go home and it was kind of my introduction to kitchen work. I had a lot of fun with it uh, that turned into working at Southern Hills as a busboy during the summer. Uh, moved into wait staff at Southern Hills, and during the school year, I was working at OSU. Summer working at Southern Hills. Uh, did that till 2007, where I worked the 2007 PGA Open.
1: Oh, that's cool. cool. Uh, yeah. Wound up. I probably wa- ate some of your food. I was there. Uh, I
2: was. I was actually front of house then. I oh worked, wow! I worked front of house for a very very long time. Uh, so I was waiting tables, actually wound up in the members' tent. They trusted me enough, they put me in the members' tent for the PGA Open. So worked the members' tent through that. Uh, they offered me a spot working inside the members' lounge, inside the actual club, because I was moving back to Tulsa at that point, followed a girl here. You know. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it it happens. happens. I followed a girl to Denver,
0: so <laughs> it, it happens.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, followed her here. She was going to TU. I was going to TCC, just fucking off working. I wound up working at Polo Grill, front of house, did that for about a year, and then decided I really enjoyed smoking weed and selling pizza, so I went to Hideaway. (laughs) Solid. (laughs) Nice. I I worked front of house at the one here uh, on Cherry Street for about nine months, moved that to Stillwater, and then the next three years of my life was spent working on campus as a soil science lab tech. And then the evenings I would go sell pizza at Hideaway and I had way more fun at Hideaway. Ended up, that was around 2008, 2009 when the recession was hitting. And I was realizing I was working alongside people who had degrees Mm. and nothing to show for it because there was no work. And I was like, well, screw it, let's see what happens. Went all in on restaurant, uh, moved back to Tulsa. Also shout out to OSU. The last day I was in Stillwater. Was when we beat OU and Bedlam, 2011. Oh, yeah. oh right. Uh, Brandon worked, Whedon, right? Brandon yeah. Whedon, yep. Yeah. Uh, worked all weekend uh, at Mexico Joe's. I was front of house there, shift lead. Made a couple hundred bucks in 12 hours of work. Went to the Stonewall, closed that down. Woke up the next morning and drove to Tulsa.
0: Whoa!
2: Uh, about 20 days later, I started at Burnco, and that's where things get real kitchen style. Yeah. No kidding. But, yeah. And how uh, long were you at Burnco? Uh, Three days before Christmas, 2011, till 2019, I took a small break where I went to go work for McNellie's group, Uh, and then Adam didn't like me not working there, so he offered me basically a general manager position. We didn't have titles there, but I was in charge of the overall operations, catering, food service, ordering, general, just anything involving the managing of the business. Mm. I did that for about three years at 18th in Boston.
0: Was 2011 before Cup was open?
2: Uh, they opened in February or March. It was around Adam's okay. birthday of two thousand twenty eleven. So they operated for about ten months before I came. Gotcha, on. gotcha,
1: man. And so barbecue and beer are some of the very few things on the planet Earth that you can actually barter with anymore. Yes, and that's so very, very good point. Uh, that's how we Nick know. and I became friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Nick and I became <laughs> friends because man it was so cool because you know at Burnco at that point in time there was lines to the street
0: oh you would go around back you bitch no i went through those i threw went through the door
2: you'd walk past everyone holding beer and they'd be like this smart motherfucker."
1: (laughs) 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 and then i would get a tray of of wonderful cut meat Mm -hmm. and he would get wonderful beer i thought it was the coolest thing in the world
0: (laughs) you know what i miss about the 11th street location Mm -hmm. waiting in line and getting handed ribs or pieces of meat mm-hmm. that were being cut. It,
2: it, they'll still run ribs down the line, but back in those days, you had, if you're standing in line looking at the kitchen, Adam was on the left side, Robbie was on the right side, mm-hmm. and Adam is fantastic at talking to people. Yep, He is such a fun character. He's the first one you would see. He's the, he's he's the first person yeah. you talk to, and he would just, if he had a sexy piece of meat he was cutting, he'd be like, hey, check this out. And it made that 20 to 30 minute wait, however long that wait was, yeah. Seem worth it. Right. And the moment you were handed that piece of meat at that station, there was about four people in front of you, and you're like, I was going to get the bologna, but fuck, this brisket's good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Honestly, like, it would change my order depending on what I I was handed.
2: yeah. Yeah. In in my world, you do the same, I'm sure. Whenever you're making something, you know when it's special.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. When when
2: you're producing meat, you know when you're putting something together that's special. Right. As somebody who cuts meat for a living, I know when I get a brisket, it's like, I need to share this. Like th- oh, this needs cool. to be shared.
0: That's when you put it on Facebook of you squeezing it and that's, all of the juices yeah, not, coming out. That, yep, yeah. yep,
2: yep. And uh little known fact, uh, whenever you get a nice thick cut of brisket, you know, ha- you're aiming for pencil thick as ideal. Mm. That's when it's gorgeous. Uh, sorry, everyone else out there. I'm about to tell your secret. If you get really thin cut brisket, that's us cheating. Mm.
0: That's us uh. cheating.
2: That means it's a little bit under and it needs a little bit of help. The thinner you cut it the more easily it falls apart and you can fake a really well-cooked brisket. Interesting. All right. A little bit under temp? A little bit under temp or just didn't... I mean, temp is a lot of it, you know, rendering fat, rendering collagen and Mm -hmm. all that. But every brisket's different. Some of them need to go a little bit further. Some of them, you'll stab it and it's fine. And even, like, parts of the brisket, like you'll get the flat as gorgeous and the point just needed a little more time. And when you've got a chunk of meat that's 12 to 14 pounds you've got to serve everyone, not just that little bit. That's <laughs> <So, You're right. laughs> very true.
1: Yeah. So Burn Co's 2019 and then? High Dive. And then High Dive. High Dive.
2: Um, we actually opened High Dive. Uh, Justin Carpenter owns Foolish Things Coffee, Foolish Things Bar and Biscuit. Uh, met him at a cigar event we were hosting at Burnco. Co. We actually went to high school together. We didn't know each other in high school. We didn't even go to a big school with Bishop Kelly. But we graduated a year apart and talk to each other through mutual friends and, you know, start drinking. It's like, man, this barbecue thing's fun, but I'm getting tired of it. I've been doing it for nine years. And he offered me the chance to open High Dive. Um, High Dive did not open as a barbecue spot. Uh, The original idea was Korean fusion bar food. Uh, Basically, we were throwing shows, throwing events, getting people to come in and drink and hang out. Excuse me.
0: The bourbon does that. Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
2: and my, my food, the entire idea behind the menu I created was to keep drunk people sober, essentially. Like, mm, right hey, here's a cheesesteak, here's some nachos, here's some heavy, carb-heavy food that I can feed you and you can continue drinking, and it's good. And it was a good menu, but it wasn't great. People weren't coming back for the food, and that wasn't the purpose. The purpose of the room was to be a room as cohesive idea. Mm. And once COVID hit, uh, we opened that, to backtrack, we opened that in late September 2019, as everyone knows, what happened about six months later, everything went to hell. Man, uh, yeah, man. what? what yes, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was decent for you, just because people started ordering more, buying more from the grocery stores. <laughs> it was, it
1: was, de- it was decent. Uh, I will say that it was yeah. a lot of work. I'm sure, uh, because my staff went down to two people, and my, myself and my head brewer now. Yeah, Uh, And, man, we were working around the clock. But also at the same time, your materials costs go up 50% because everything that we sold was in cans. Mm -hmm. So we had a great revenue year. We actually Mm -hmm. grew in
2: volume but but had no profit to show for it. That sounds right. Mm. That sounds right. (laughs) So, (laughs) like, for us, uh, basically, you know, obviously, the description I just gave you, you know, everything was about volume sales. It was about packing out the room throwing shows, getting people in there to drink and hang out. And obviously that wasn't a thing anymore. So I looked at Justin and I was like, man, I know I tried to get out of the barbecue game, but if you buy me a grill, I'll make you money. And he bought me a grill and we started putting together the menu. And that was, we opened back up in May, whenever we were allowed to open up. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was right after Cinco de Mayo, I remember. Uh, Did a couple seated shows where I sold tickets. Uh, Did Paul Benjamin, did Jacob Tovar, think we had Wink in there one night and just did, like, seated buy tickets. We had 13 people allowed in the room at a time, did two seatings at 6 and at 8, and they just threw shows. All the ticket money went to the artists, helped support the artists, and that was the debut of this food. There you go. Nice. Well,
0: let's – uh, yeah, we'll start to serve that out a little bit. Tell us what you brought. I'll explain what this is. Yeah. Cozy up to that mic a little bit over there so we can make sure to hear you and not too much of an echo. So this is – Shout out to Emily Stewart at Ranch Acres. This was a, uh, a store pick of Rocknar, Minnesota Rye Whiskey from uh, Far North Spirits. And it is, you can tell it's rye. It's got that oh, rye right. spice mm-hmm. on, on the back end, at least of Man, my it palate.
1: Co- it coats your palate like all yeah. the outside of your tongue. Uh, it has actually a little bit of like cinnamon nutmeg it does. on it. Yeah,
0: it's a good holiday rye rye whiskey, Yeah, um, for sure. And shout out to to uh, Ranch Acres. As of today, I believe um, they are on. They do delivery through an app called Smugglers, mm-hmm. so you can download Smugglers, nice, and you can order, and they'll just deliver it right to your door. That's saw awesome. that. Yeah, shout out for that. That's what do you fantastic. think? You're in the you're in the bourbon group. You're in Spirits of Legend. What do you think of uh, this Rock noir? Oh, it's delicious. Yeah,
2: I agree with everything you said. I mean, it's I definitely get some cinnamon, some Christmassy vibes, some allspice. You know, mm-hmm. just it's very herby. It's really, really good. Yeah. Super smooth.
0: It is. It's super very, smooth. It's
2: a high burn.
0: It burns on your for, for being on hundred for being 116 proof, it's
2: uh <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I do. That that's do. That's, that's everything we get from the groups are that way. Pretty much.
0: Yeah. What are you serving us? What are we what are we eating here? All
2: right, what you guys are looking at there is mm. some wonton chips, some smoked salsa, mm. a little bit of pork belly. So what I brought today was some of the things that are relatively unique to what I do. Um, you know, barbecue is barbecue. There's a, within five miles of this restaurant, there's at least five or 15 barbecue restaurants, including awesome locals like we got Leon's, we got Naughty Pig, mm-hmm. we got Oak Heart right up the street that just opened, 1907, Burn Co. And they all have, everyone has their niche. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm trying to do is kind of marry up some Asian and Mexican ideas with traditionally smoked barbecue. I'm laughing barbecue. I made a mess, not what <laughs> yeah. you're saying. Do what? I'm laughing because I made a mess, not yeah. what you're saying. Sorry. Uh, Continue. So, so barbecue traditionally is bread, meat, sauce, pickles. That's what makes up your average barbecue plate. So instead of bread, I'm doing tortillas, uh, typically flour, I offer corn if wanted uh, for my meat. I do a lot of Asian marinades and a lot of Asian sauces. Uh, then I also do different preparations on things, like today's pork belly. Uh, I take my pork belly, smoke it off until it hits about 208 and it's just pillow soft. Then I immediately start cooling it back down. Uh, cool it down until it is basically everything is re-congealed. And then you slice it so you get nice, thick, even slices and then I actually deep fry that. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will. I, yeah. yeah. So, oh, so it's like crispy outside, yeah. yeah, but
2: pillowy inside, and the texture yeah. is just insane. I will that say that texture is awesome. Your yeah.
0: chips are the most addicting chips in Tulsa. Thank you. Thank you. The wonton chips. Yeah. So it,
2: yeah, wonton chips know. instead of tortilla chips. I mean, it's all just you know fried grains, essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my pickles, what we're looking at here today So I've got pickled carrots, uh, my sweet and sour pickles. I've got kimchi, candied jalapenos pickled pears, then I've got some uh, pickled onions in there. So instead of just your basic, you know, dill pickles and onions, I've got a little bit of creativity there. And a lot of those pickling ideas came from a restaurant called Sobon that Hmm. used to be open at 71st Memorial. Uh, They're actually about to reopen. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Oh, cool. I didn't know they were reopening. Uh, Yeah, they're going to, the spot that they're claiming they're going to reopen in uh, is around 4th and Cheyenne, so downtown. Okay. So that was Mrs. Kim, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Kim opened it, Uh, Mr. Kim passed away, and Mrs. Kim decided she didn't want to continue working in a kitchen forever, and I can't blame her, and her kids weren't quite old enough to take over the business. Uh, In recent years, their kids have grown up and been able to kind of help with the day-to-day, and... Mrs. Kim is now just going to be doing kitchen work while her daughter and son take care of the actual business, and they're bringing it back. It's housemade made it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> they're one of my biggest inspirations in the world that's in terms awesome. of cooking. Do you oh, know that awesome. restaurant? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't have, have to I, go, I, to, I go have to that one. Yeah. I've heard of it, but I've yeah. never been. So. They've done a couple yeah. pop-ups at uh, American Solera. Oh, that's where I've heard yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They, they did a couple pop-ups there. Uh, last I heard they mrs kim had to have surgery in october so they're laying low for a bit you know letting okay. her come back on her feet but if you see anything from Soban, i highly recommend S-O-B-A-N?
0: it. S O B A N.
2: S O space b-a-h-n okay. b-a-h-n gotcha yeah i have sobon. heard of them yeah sobon yep. i love those people i mm. love those people so, I just yeah. filled my mouth with. Um, I know. <laughs> with we're, we're having <laughs> to be careful too
0: because these chips are so crispy. You can yeah. just like, you know, even, you can the, just be even the barbecue
1: so yeah. crispy, you can probably hear me chewing it.
2: I imagine. A yeah, a, that's awesome. A, a little ASMR for him. Right, <laughs> right. there, you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. But what, what's that thing where that where you just watch people eat? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cheers, guys. This salsa is a house smoked salsa as well. Mm. It's have, really good. Yeah. It, it's it's intense. It's, it's so intense. good, though.
1: There's a lot of things that I want to ask about this food, Yeah, uh, which I'll get to probably in my first question. But um, I really want to know... So I've heard uh, multiple sides of the story of, really, you said it just a moment ago. I want to know why. Why is this specific area of Tulsa or this specific... T- uh, territory of the world, so either enthralled with barbecue, or two. Why is there so many people making such good barbecue here? Is there a reason? Is it the region? Is it the people
0: are just really awesome?
1: Or what? And so to clarify,
0: it, we're sitting at basically fourth in Trenton, third yeah. in Utica. So but if, you, yeah. you
1: could you could probably put a dot at High Dive. Circle it in five square miles, and you've got more than half of the barbecue joints in Oklahoma here.
2: The, the one's worth talking about. Anyways. No, at least I the mean, worst absolutely. one. Yeah, yeah. Mean, sh- short of Clark Crew, Butchers, and mm-hmm. there's a brand new place that is open in Oklahoma City. I hear is fire. Oh,
0: I saw that. Um,
2: Parsons was posting about it. I yeah, don't know what it was. I saw that too. Yeah. Edgecraft. But- Edgecraft. Edgecraft. Yes. Yeah. yes. I mean, there's, there's a bunch in Oklahoma City that are worth it. But, like, yeah, in terms of this half of the state... Uh, specifically this area, I assume because a lot of us came in with rents for cheap and barbecue is extremely high overhead. Uh, other than that, I don't know why we all flocked to this general area. I know why Oklahoma has such a barbecue heavy scene. Uh, we we're nestled right between Texas and Kansas, who are some of the biggest barbecue areas in the world. And we kind of married up to Kansas City style sauces and rubs and stuff and Texas style meats. Can I applaud you? Yeah.
0: Why did you do this?
2: In terms of like... Yeah. Are
0: are you saying they're not as... No. no, It's not as good as it's portrayed to be? No.
2: Kansas City is sweet, you know, Mm ketchup-y. But Kansas City is also soup. So one of the things that makes Oklahoma unique in this sense is Kansas City is super sauce-heavy. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I went to Q39... And it's a sweet sauce. Yeah, when I went to Q39... They gave me four different sauces. Which I
0: love Q39. Yeah, it's delicious.
2: It was delicious. But the pork belly they gave me was literally a piece of pork belly with a brushing of sauce. Hmm. As here in Oklahoma, we use that same kind of rub and that same kind of sauce, but we cook the meat well enough. It's like, no, you just don't worry about that. Use that if you need it and use it sparingly, please. Which adds to the Texas end of things where you don't need sauce. You shouldn't need sauce if you're doing it right. And then Texas lets the meat speak. I mean, that's part of that whole... Texas versus Kansas dynamic as well. Um, Actually, Oklahoma has the most winningest, uh, like in terms of states, per the KCBS, you know, like the Sanctioning Body for Barbecue in the U.S. Oklahoma has more winning pitmasters than the rest, like in terms of states. I started getting derailed there. (laughs) So, like, Oklahoma has the best pitmasters in the world. I'm going to give a shout-out to...
0: And I don't... So, here's what... Let me just scroll off on a yeah. moment here. What I love about the brewery scene. I had to swallow that pork belly a bit. <laughs> There you go. Well, well, I didn't I mean, want to cough into the mic, you know. Well, and you, you don't
1: want to waste that bite. Exactly. I had to savor to stay, it for
0: a second. Yep. And now I'm there. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, all of you would think all these breweries, I mean, to an extent there's competition, mm-hmm. right? Because you want money. You yeah. want people to come no, spend their money at your brewery. But in talking to Eric Marshall last week and just seeing the collaboration between breweries, yes, there's competition, but there's a whole lot of love. Oh, yeah. And so I, I feel that. I love that about the barbecue world. Mm-hmm. That I feel like for the majority of places, that's the way it is. And I'm going to shout out Donnie Teal. Oh, yeah. It's Buffalo Barbecue. A little trail I, Sperry. and Sperry. Mm-hmm. Or trail, trailer. Trailer. and, yes, and Sperry. I drove all the way out there one time to try it because I saw someone told me about it. Mm-hmm. And... We became Facebook friends, and this dude, I don't know how many awards he's won, how many competitions, how many-
2: Hundreds, if not thousands. And and
0: I don't know if I would say he's the best pitmaster in Oklahoma. Not sure. That's a hard distinction to give someone. Mm -hmm. But I just love that that can exist, right? You can have lines out the door Mm -hmm. at Burn Co., you can have Korean-influenced barbecue at High Dive. Mm-hmm. You can have Texas barbecue at Oak Heart. And then you can have a fucking trailer in Sperry, Oklahoma that sells out every day because mm-hmm. that dude just makes with, fucking good barbecue.
2: With one picnic table outside? Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of like... It's unreal. In terms of commercial barbecue, I don't know if he is the best in the state, but he doesn't do his competition stuff. And his competition stuff speaks for itself. Mm. I mean, he is a legacy in the Kansas City Royal. And I think he took, what, second last year, I think, in the legacy category? Yeah. And in order to enter the legacy category, you have to have been doing it for over 15 years. Like, he is the best among the OGs. He's won it before. I mean, the way you know that his trailer is open is because there's not actually a competition going on that weekend. (laughs) Right. Look look at the competition schedule. Yeah. Yeah. He is traveling for competitions, and when he's back home, he's like, I'm going to go run this trailer. I'm going to make some food. We're going to hang out. And by and large, it's... The heads that go see him, you know, yeah. it's, you know, Adam for Max, they are super tight. Chris West, he doesn't, you won't expect him to be in the barbecue world. for. he LaSalle's. is. Yeah. Uh Le Max is a yeah. barbecue team. It's Chris West and Adam. <laughs> and Hunter. Adam, Yeah. And, yeah Le Max Bills.
0: Yeah. Le Max Bills. Le Max yeah. Bills.
2: <laughs> now, I mean, they I mean, it's just, we're all friends and we all want to see each other do well. Uh, something Myers used to say, Adam Myers from Co is as long as you're having the conversation, everyone wins. Mm. It doesn't matter who's winning. doesn't matter who you think is the best. You can think Rib Crib, Albert G's. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. As long as you're having the conversation. It's not barbecue. We all win. It's boomer yeah, cue. You, 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 you could go Billy Sims even. <laughs> Bur- Burger Q. Burger Q. Burger- <laughs> oh, <yes. Yeah. laughs> now, oh as long as you're talking about us, we all come up and we all win. I mean, it's the same with you guys. Yep. I mean, I could not name my favorite brewery in Tulsa, but I know what my favorite beer from each brewery is. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to put it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I could say the same about the you know, Oakhart, Their ribs are fire. They really are. Yeah. Uh, best short rib of, or yeah, best short rib I've had is 1907. Yep. Uh, the sausage mm. that Craig makes at Burnco, now at Sausage Brothers, mm-hmm. and the ribs and the mac and cheese at Burnco, potato salad. I mean, shit. Yeah. I mean, you could name. I could name my favorite from any given restaurant barbecue restaurant, and that doesn't make any of them the best. Right. We all just you know, there's enough for everyone to feed everyone.
0: That's awesome. So I'll ask my next question, and it's in the same vein. Did you go Korean-influenced in a way to stand out because there's so much barbecue in the
2: area? That had a lot to do with it. So we opened the restaurant initially as Korean-influenced because Korean is, let's be honest, it's hip right now. Mm -hmm. Korean restaurants are... Korean food, by and large, I was mentioning soban is some of the best food in this world. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I could eat kimchi seven days. You, if you just give me kimchi and rice, mm-hmm. I'd be happy seven days a week. Yeah, I don't need anything. Also, else. really healthy for you. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. I've got meanwhile I'm making brisket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just the flavors are so much fun, and they're big, bold, heavy flavors that match up well with barbecue, and I just got fortunate with
0: Did that. you know that, or was it a trial? I mean, obviously, it, you said, like, High Dive was Korean food I, at the start, so what, did you have to stay in that lane, or did it... No,
2: I just started playing with the flavors that I was already working with. Like the gochujang and the, all that? The gochi, yeah. I was doing, like, a lot of gochujang, a lot of sesame oil, a lot of just heavy, you know, deep flavors... A lot of donjang, which is Korean miso, orange juice, just things you don't normally see. Mm. And I just kind of just ran with that to see what would work. And I kind of got vindicated. I can't remember the show, but it was uh, one of the Roy Choi Netflix shows. David Chang, Roy Choi, yeah. one of those guys doing Chef Show or something Chef, like that. Yeah, one yeah. of those. Yeah. And they wound up with a pit master down in Texas where they took a short rib Marinated in his mom's Colby recipe for 48 hours, then smoked it for 18, and they were just. Roy kept being like, "You know, barbecue's supposed to be cheap because it's supposed to be working man meat." Mm. But this is a $80 meal anywhere in the fucking country.
0: Maybe barbecue's supposed to be cheap, but it ain't cheap anymore. No, it's meat meat prices are not even close. Like
2: I was, I'd already started on this project and started working down that road, and I came across that episode, and I'm like, "You get it." Oh, I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, it was an idea. <laughs> that was validation. It, it was validation yeah. that I had the right idea, and I just kind of kept running with it. Mm. And this menu is what was birthed out that's of that's really cool. That's really cool. And the taco end of thing is obviously a Roy Choi, you know, uh, Koji out who in might LA. be the
0: most underappreciated chef in
2: the country. He's definitely the, one of the most chill. Like he he yeah. doesn't try to be personality doesn't try to be anybody other than a dude who makes tacos out of a like truck. do you know Roy Choi
0: mm-hmm. I do not see that's that's the point but you like good yeah. food oh I love good food so Roy yeah. Choi he was was he was in the movie chef right he was the inspiration he, he, the was also, he was also like he was the inspiration the way that
2: they were tweeting and all that each location yeah that's how he became famous with this that's right truck. that's right and,
0: and he taught hmm. John Favreau who was the star of chef Everything about the kitchen. That's why the chef show cook. is yeah. Favreau and Roy Choi. And then on Choi. Netflix, when you That's go home, cool. watch Chef Show, and it's Favreau and Roy Choi, and they go around to—I mean, with Wolfgang Puck. I mean, just all these people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it, he's just the. Here's what I appreciate the most about the kitchen mm-hmm. and about people that run a kitchen: the creativity that you have to have, mm-hmm. and to brew a beer as well. I'm I mean, sure. it, it oh, works yeah. there too. But the creativity you have to have to, like. It takes creativity to take a recipe and then tweak it to your own liking, like yeah. I do at home. But that's that doesn't even hold the jock of the creativity it takes to create that initial recipe,
2: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
0: And it blows my mind that <laughs> there are so many people around us that are running kitchens and all this stuff that just oh, yeah. have that creative fire, or yeah. that there's creative some, bone in their body. There's talent yeah. in this town.
2: Honestly, it's amazing. Mm, well, oh yeah! Oh thanks. <laughs> Were you making dewy eyes at me? <laughs> yeah. yeah that, I mean, what you what you make is some of the best beer in the state. Good segue. Oh, you. Before you ask yeah. your second question, thank you. Open yeah. up one of them, please. Uh,
0: what do we want to start with? Let's save this for last because that okay. has a story. Yeah. I mean, they all have a story, but that has a cool story. Yeah. So this you, beer man. is
1: actually it. This beer also has a story, and it's so, like a so, fire. We got a fire there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell the story just Do as it. quick as
0: I can. Oh, we got
1: time. Um, so I got a whole
0: bottle of rye whiskey we can go through. So we, we, got, yep. we got time. <laughs>
1: you know, my wife might not like that, but no, I will. Lisa, I apologize in advance. <laughs> <laughs> so this beer is really near and dear to my heart in a lot of different ways. So what we're drinking from Cabin Boys today is Felix et Tenebris, which is our American stout. And um, the... Wonderful and cool thing about this beer was I came up with the recipe while I was in school in Germany. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so um, we were kind of, so we were challenged to make a beer during school. That's so good. And then uh, presented at the end of the year at uh, the school's like, year competition
0: i would have loved school so much more if that was my school <laughs> right yeah I, you study a lot harder it. uh
1: so anyways so you there study was, a lot harder so we've got we, <laughs> well i did study a lot harder <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> like it's like, quite it's, it's like
0: being able to expense food and meals it's <laughs> yeah. like you're studying by drinking and like knowing how to drink to make uh, alcohol
1: as much as there was drinking there was a lot of study and i didn't so, mean to diminish that, no no no, no. Yeah, you're good yeah, you're yeah. good i get a lot of a lot of heck for it uh but you know, so we're in class for 48 40 hours a week uh and then outside of class uh we'd in school and then my buddies and i in my study group oh, thank you would, uh, load me up a little more
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. So (laughs) my 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 buddies and I
1: and my study group would then get together and study until midnight, fall asleep, repeat. Mm. So it was it was day in, day out. It was crazy, except for the weekends. And what part of Germany Germany was this? Uh this was in Munich, Munich. So yeah. Uh just a little bit west outside of Munich. Thanks, bud. some sauce. Oh yeah. Ooh. So you serve it on the side. There we go. Uh, but anyways, about this beer, I came up with the idea. I presented it to my headmaster, and I said, hey, I want to make a stout with oranges in it. And he was like, well, that's weird. And I was like, well, I'm an American. We do weird things. And he was like, no, 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 I, I totally understand that. Like, but why do you want to do it? in So I, I presented it in the way I wanted to do it in the boil. Not in fermentation.
0: That was the weird part of it. Okay, so so here the difference in that. I know, like obviously different stages, but would there be a difference in flavor?
1: Yeah. So in the fermentation, if you put oranges in the fermentation, you're actually going to get orange flavor.
0: Okay. You're going to get that
1: citrusy. So no.
0: Or you want to boil?
1: Right. I wanted it to be it in the boil, and that's what kind of threw him off. But uh, and so we, I presented the idea, uh, and he was like, well. Go for it. And the thought process behind that was if I use it in the boil, it will do what the Swiss do with their chocolate because the acidity of the citrus within that dark chocolate cuts down that fattiness of the chocolate and relieves your palate and begs Mm. you to eat more chocolate. Is Is that that their secret? Yeah, is that their secret? And that's why it's so smooth.
2: This is the smoothest out I've ever had. It's really good. Yes, and
1: that is the reason. So when we put the orange is into the boil. It drops the pH three points from four, (laughs) four point two, no, no, not point. Sorry. Point three points. Gotcha. So from, uh, in the boil, yeah. So in the boil, it goes from 5.2 to 4.8, which in the long run in fermentation takes it down the beer down to 3.8 or 3.9. So technically this is a more acidic beer. It's not sour, because it's still sweet, mm-hmm. but just like, so it, it gives the brain uh, a kind of a mix-up and tells you, hey, I'm not drinking something heavy. I'm drinking something really smooth. And same, same concept or the same reality goes with, like, honey, because honey is w- the sweetest thing on planet Earth, yeah. literally. But because of its, is it really? yeah, because well, of its acidity level which is 1.9 to 2.2 really it's one of the sweetest and most acidic things that's why you can eat a whole jar of honey
2: that's why it never goes bad and not get sick honey never goes bad yep so
1: Hmm. same concept goes into this beer and why a lot of people like to drink more than just one
0: was there inspiration like, I literally, uh, Guinness or like, was there an inspiration that you,
1: no, I wanted to make a
0: dry yet very
1: sweet, mm-hmm. you know,
0: um,
1: cause I get in the concept sweet. The beer. reason
0: I said Guinness is I, I feel like the weight of it in my mouth is very similar to Guinness. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And that's because Guinness is just straight up dry. Definitely a different finish. And yeah. Much smoother, sweeter, all of that. But it's almost the light, which people never understand how Guinness is one of the lightest beers you can order. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They don't get it's, that because it's, it's, it's dark actually, as night. Yeah, but it's, it's so light.
1: It, it actually starts out as an Irish red. I did not know that. Yeah. Guinness uh, does. Yeah, it starts out as an Irish red and they Noted. color it in the boil. Noted. Yeah. I color it with what? With uh,
0: dark malt. Okay. They throw if you m- said food coloring, I was going to revolt. <laughs> no, no. Wait a minute. Guinness is still one hundred percent organic good, or good, whatever. Good, good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not drinking no fucking food coloring. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so that uh, the the same concept, the same thought process. Um, but I was more intrigued with the chocolate that I was having mm. over in Europe and how much citrus they were using. So that was your inspiration. And the inspiration you know. came from hey. If I'm going to be brewing a stout, which is chocolatey and coffee and flavor, mm-hmm. much like dark chocolate, why not put citrus in
2: it? chocolate that. orange is one of the greatest things in this world. Honestly, I mean it is. Christmas is coming up. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for my
1: second, it's my it's sure. your right. You're yeah. up. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> words.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was about Your to chime chip. in. Did he forget his question? <laughs> no. The chip? And, the chip. The chip distracts it, me. It,
2: oh. it does that. It stays it's with you. So crispy. <laughs> it's so awesome. If you guys
1: haven't been to high dive, this wonton chip oh is God. delicious.
2: Thank it's you. smoked,
0: right? No. Or no,
2: it's what? just it just wontons fried.
0: It does have that, I think it's mine. Okay. It's yes. because everything like it's, else yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
2: there's so much smoke in your mouth, and you're also drinking a stout, which is smoky in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's just there's a lot of heavy flavors on this table right now. Yeah. I'm not mad about it though. No. No. It's. it's yeah. I'm enjoying it as well. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. So I won't, I won't bite into a chip.
1: You You've been in the kitchen. You've grinded it out really hard, and you've worked really hard to get to where you're at. Um, And I say that as a compliment Thank because you. it takes a lot of stamina uh, and a lot of mind. It really does. It yeah. does. It takes a lot of mindset and a lot of passion. Um, and I want to know what keeps you in the game and why you're excited about where you're at with High Dive in this area. And uh, what, it, what is the thing that you're pointing towards? In your, in your own passion field and really, really working towards that?
2: Honestly, I really enjoy taking care of people. Mm. Like I, just, I like feeding people, I like seeing. So in my college years, I was a musician. I played bars all over. I was a pretty, I had it in my head that I wanted to play music for a living. <clears throat> I was exposed to some pretty awesome local musicians from a young age, uh, Barton and Sweeney specifically, uh, still playing on the scene, amazing musicians, and I grew up watching them and seeing how much everyone had fun around them and how everything they did just kind of became a party. And I wanted to do that. And my mom kept telling me, "I refuse, you know, don't be a musician. You're not going to make any money. Your chance of making money are very, very little." And then for Christmas, she buy me a loop pedal, and then for Christmas, she buy me ham, an <laughs> and it's just like. Be realistic, but go have fun, sweetie. (laughs) Good luck and play nice. Exactly, exactly. So I did that for years and was trying, realized I didn't have the passion for grinding it out as a band. Mm -hmm. I mean, the band grind is intense. Our bar manager next door is in a band called Lucid Awakening, Mm -hmm. and it is a full-time job outside of his full-time job just to keep it going. I mean, he's about to go on tour. He's doing some great work. And most people have probably never heard those two words put together. Lucid Awakening, go check them out. They're fantastic. They were at Vanguard not too long ago. They played, yeah, they played Vanguard yeah. not too long ago. They played a festival in Dallas. this past. So he works 60 hours a week in the restaurant. Uh, after he closed down, after he got the shift taken over on Friday at four o'clock, drove to U Haul, went and got a U Haul trailer, and then loaded up all of his gear, left at seven in the morning. I know this because I was at work smoking meat. Mm to go play a festival in Dallas, played the festival in Dallas and was back to work by Monday. I mean, he's about to go on tour and like they're they're grinding. And it's yeah. a grind. Yeah. Oh yeah. And 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 I get a similar sorry, I cut you no, off. No, no, no. Well no, no, no it's like it. his I, first
0: full time job supports the ability exactly. to do and I
2: I get a similar satisfaction that I got playing on stage as I do feeding people. Mm. It's a similar idea. It is my food, my love goes into this and i see the reactions that people get similar to you know people cheering after a song it's for me it's after a meal Mm. and it's fun it's genuinely rewarding and that's what keeps me going and yes it is a grind it's obscene hours but it's my hours (laughs) i would imagine
0: and i'll say this because for me when i because i smoke Stuff at home, like we've mm-hmm. talked, briskets. I bought briskets from you. Like we've, yeah. we've done this whole thing, we trim briskets together. Yeah, you were, yeah <laughs> absolutely. My, one of my favorite things when it comes to cooking for people is the moment that quiet. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm talking Not about? Exactly the, what you're talking about. The hush <laughs> of when people start eating, and there was conversation, there was chatter, there was mm-hmm. all this, and then people start eating, mm-hmm. and it's nothing, mm-hmm. and it's that moment. Because restaurants can be so loud and so lively yeah. and so whatever. So I don't know if you get to enjoy that or experience it or I, listen for it. I can it, but hear it in my... You can hear it? So yeah.
2: whenever I'm getting, you know, feeding two and four tops, I never get to see that until, yeah, you know, yeah. I get through my rush. And I always try to walk through the room and, you know, chat. You get an idea, something. So working at Hideaway in Stillwater, a little t- tangent. Uh, Richard Dermer, the guy who started Hideaway all those years ago, I actually got to wash dishes with him for a couple of years. No okay. kidding. Uh, He refused to work the floor. He refused to work the ovens. All he wanted to do was wash dishes. At one point in time, I took a phone call, somebody looking for a manager. I couldn't find a manager anywhere. Uh, Went back to the dish pit. I knew where he was. When I was like, hey, Dermer, somebody's on the phone, something about new carpets, blah, blah, blah. He looks at me and goes, I fucking pay people for that. (laughs) You go find them. (laughs) Sir, yes, sir. (laughs) Yeah, so I went and found them, took care of it. But one of the things he taught me in the dish pit was one of the reasons he enjoyed doing dishes, on top of it being peaceful and pleasant, because mm. the rest of restaurants are not peaceful and pleasant. It's a valid point. Is too. he would pay attention to what people left on their plates. Oh. He'd pay attention to what got left behind. You know what was wrong with that what pizza. What we need to tweak. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What were people were enjoying, and he would also count, pizza of the
0: gods is what people enjoy,
2: and the big country, <laughs> yeah. Paradise Pie, and but pizza of the god uh, so. I, Shout I, out!
0: I picked up Hideaway Pizza last night yeah. for my buddy's son's fourth birthday party. Yeah, and Pizza of the Gods went the fastest. I just I, love that pizza. It, it's Sorry. continue. It, oh, it's yeah. it's
2: not my go to. My, yeah. my my go to. You're a meat guy. You're a meat no, guy. no, my go to in Tulsa is the uh, the bomb. Okay. It's got a balsamic okay. vinegar, pineapple, pe- uh, pepperoni. Let's fight about. So murder. you're a pineapple. On pizza. I was gonna. I, I, I was don't go in there. I don't okay. actually normally care for it, and if I didn't know they were on there, I wouldn't care. But I know that pizza is delicious, so I don't give a fuck. You put oranges.
0: <laughs> you put oranges and gochujang and barbecue. Of uh, that, course, you that, like pineapple fair. on that's pizza. <laughs> Come on. Like my
2: in Stillwater, my in Stillwater, I always get the Gobble sandwich. They don't have huh. that in Tulsa. I don't know that one. Yeah. Uh, so Stillwater's. Hideaway Stillwater and Hideaway Tulsa are two different companies.
0: Okay. What about Norman?
2: No. Hideaway and Stillwater is one company. Okay. Every other hideaway in the world is a different company. Okay. Wow. Uh, Richard refused to sell. He refused to like branch out. It was more work than, once again, I pay people for that. Yeah. It was more work than he wanted to do. He was happy. And back in the nineties, he had some people he trusted, Brett and, you know, the guys who are running it now. Mm Mm-hmm. Let them basically run off, and he sold them the image. He sold them the name and the image. There's not a single recipe that is the same amongst the two. The toppings are the same, but the crusts are different. The ev- everything's different. The ones here in Tulsa and elsewhere use a conveyor oven because they're idiot-proof. Mm. And when you're serving that many people, that off that many places, you have to minimize. Yeah. you have to minimize. Minimize the idiocracy. The, the ones, in, the one in Stillwater, the one in Stillwater. Has four full-on 600-degree deck ovens. Really, wow. and running those ovens is a skill. Do you like the Stillwater location better? I not no, to shit on
0: any of them. No, way, no. But,
2: they, yeah. Once again, one of my favorite pizzas in the world is the yeah. bomb here in Tulsa, but the one in Stillwater, I have a special place in my heart there. I worked there for three years. Mm-hmm. It was one of the greatest places I've ever worked. I love those humans. I love that place, uh, and watching people run those ovens was fun. I bet. Uh, you have to work your way up to that the entire place is on tip share so including the kitchen and the kitchen the people pulling pizzas are the highest paid people in the restaurant at any given moment they make more than the servers which is a pretty odd thing in the restaurant. But if you think about it That's awesome. they should if it's a pizza restaurant. Yes. yeah right and, and the guy pulling pizza is it is an art form mm-hmm. it is an art form i mean running hundreds of pizzas over a course of hours and not burning any of them I mean, you're talking talent. Yeah. I mean, and it's a deck oven. A buddy of mine, Zach. For those that
0: don't know, explain what a deck oven is.
2: Deck oven is a giant, so about 15 feet wide, maybe a foot tall door that leads into a four to six foot deep stone plate that you put your pizzas on. Yep. And Cooks in it. you have hot, Instant. yeah. You have hot spots. You have cold yeah. spots. You start on this side and you pull on that, and you just constantly are moving, constantly moving. Ma'am. It is a skill.
1: That's a dance.
2: It it's, it is a dance. Honestly, it yeah. is a dance. <laughs> yeah. And the guys who used to run that were amazing. Mm. The guys who, yeah. Anyways, that was a pretty serious tangent. I didn't mean no, to interrupt you're you. <laughs> you're you about to talk about your
0: friend Zach, and I interrupted. Yeah, you. No, so so, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: it's just a side story about like running those ovens, uh, Dermer. Actually said so Zach was taking over the ovens and he was having a hard time keeping up with it. I mean it's hundred. I mean it's a lot of work and it's mm-hmm. scary and you forget the one in the corner and you know you've got basically you need to keep clearing it out while still filling it up and clearing it out while still filling it up. And he told Dermer walked in and told Zach, sorry Zach if I get this story wrong, you, you're the one that told it to me. Uh, Dermer walked in and told him to show up for his next shift half an hour before his shift and then just get stoned,
1: okay. just
2: just sm- okay. smoke down. It's like, smoke down, sit on the back porch. Sit on the back porch and play Tetris. And when you get to that oven, pizza Tetris. Oh, mm-hmm. oh it's right. just <laughs> That's a wax on, wax off <laughs> moment. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, I like this job. <laughs> yeah. he, he wound up working that oven for four or five years at least. I'm sorry if I shorted you, but yeah. years. He was <laughs> Getting the stoned dude. before every like, shift. G- g- yeah. Game days, I mean, thousands of dollar hours. Zach was the dude, and he's like, pizza Tetris. It made sense. I got it. You fill That's it up, awesome. then you clear it out. <laughs> mm. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my but, word. So, but, yeah. so your answer,
1: really, to define it, which is really cool, and this is kind of becoming a very uh, there's a through line. There's, there's a like through a through yeah, line. Yeah. Within and I, the more and more that we get into this podcast, I think where it's gonna get more and more solidified because what I'm hearing is I care about people, I care about their community, I care about what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. And that's what fuels everyone's passion. Yeah. And here and, in Tulsa specifically.
2: Right. It's a hospitality industry. I mean, that's what it is. If you don't like, I mean, there's a lot of memes and jokes and stuff about, you know, hateful servers. And the moment you walk away from a table, you're like, fuck that bitch, it's fucking bullshit. But ultimately, you don't do this for years unless you care. Dude, I've seen things in kitchens that I would
0: never repeat. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's people that just despise their job. Yes. That are in that, but in any industry, that industry included. But what you're saying is 100% true. The people that, last and the people that choose to be in that industry mm-hmm. are in it because they like the hospitality exactly
2: it, yeah. it, you enjoy taking care of people and right. once again community i love being a part of my community mm. i mean Oakart got broken into yesterday i
0: was going to ask you about that what did you guys do go ahead and brag but, on yourself because they, they shouted you out on instagram no, they, yeah uh
2: once that came through so jake my bar manager the band guy uh his buddy lucas who's also in the metal scene works at Oakart. And Chris, as I understand it, was in a pretty successful metal band as well. Mm. I don't know the name of it, and I'm sorry for that. But he's a very successful musician. It's a lot of musicians in my world. It's a lot of overlap, you'll see. That's cool, yeah. <laughs> you'll see that as you continue going. But uh, Jake saw that and saw that the main thing that was keeping him down was the POS.
0: Is that what they showed the picture of that was cut? Yes. The wires The, that the wires were that were cut. Okay. So
2: basically, whoever just took the POS just yanked everything. Mm. And technology is fragile uh we really? use toast and whenever we open the restaurant justin got two toast systems just to be safe and we mm. install once; don't worry about it you know we've had an extra pos over there we use on occasion and we don't pr- anticipate using it anytime soon so jake called him up was like hey you know mine i've got a pos we're 300 feet away can we just bring that over there so jake came in mm. on his day off unhooked everything carried it over there hooked it everything up Got them on Wi-Fi, got them installed, and was able to limp through until their stuff comes back. Mm. I mean, it's it's not like we did anything out of hand. It's not like we took anything out of our pocket. No, but it's yeah. a lot but, like what Eric but,
0: Marshall said last week about brewing your beer when yeah. you were in a moment mm-hmm. where you needed help. Like, yeah, Oakheart yeah. gets broken into, of you course. guys are able to help without yeah. losing money on the it, deal. But yeah. I'm sure you would have if you would have lost some money, but, too. But, but it's just helping out. We'd yeah. we be rude not for,
1: to. Yeah, and for people that don't know... How expensive it is to install a POS system? It's, it's two to three thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. for. Uh, Jeez, a company I didn't to, know that. Yes. Yeah, it's that much money to to install it, not not to buy the equipment. Right to yeah. install it. Jeez. And
2: whenever we yeah. put whenever we put mobile bites in at Burnco, it was three terminals. I think our final bill was in the nine to twelve thousand dollars. Oh, I believe it! Unfucking <laughs>
0: believable for oh, I, I for
2: iPads it. and drawers. But it's about I mean, as
0: expensive as buying two briskets these days.
2: It's getting up there. It's getting <laughs> up there. Now it was it was just. Like I said, it'd be it would have been rude not to help them.
0: Yeah. Well I mean
2: they're Well, no,
0: but there's some people that would say it's business to not help them. But (laughs) that's what I was getting at earlier. The love between the the, world, right? Like the barbecue world, the brewery world, all that.
2: This past Friday I was doing a catering and I did an extremely small just brisket and pulled pork sandwiches and chips. If you want to come in, that's what I have.
0: I remember seeing that.
2: I, I had a several thousand dollar catering order going out that afternoon. I love feeding the public, but ultimately money is money. Mm-hmm. So right. money won that day. And I had a table come in. It was kind of hissy fit about my menu. I was like, listen, you don't even have to repark your car. Right. Walk that way. Go in the back door. Yeah, Just go see them. They'll take care of you. You'll have a good meal. It won't be my food, which is what you wanted. But who cares? It's good barbecue. It's good barbecue. Texas barbecue. It's good barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool experience. Their ordering style is awesome. It is really cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hand you this as I ask my third question. And before you model. do, yeah,
1: go what, ahead. Could we go on break because I need to go to the restroom? Before Are you pulling an
0: Eric Marshall? Yeah,
1: I'm pulling an Eric. <laughs> you Marshall went before because we started. I know, but I drank like two liters of water at the brewery before Get because here. I knew that we were doing this. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back, Grandpa. I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> when you drink Ladder water, the size of a pea. Over <laughs> there. Well, when you when you're planning on drinking bourbon. And at I least mean, two beers, glasses of beer yeah. that are over nine percent. Okay, you've
0: got to you've got to prepare. So I'll hand this back to you for that yeah. one. As you open that, mm-hmm. my last question: mm-hmm. You've mentioned this before, and I want to get your big picture. You know, what are you doing with my keys? Your, I'm sorry, your, your big picture <laughs> view on where Tulsa stands and how we can ascend in that standing. Right. So you have Kansas City,
2: mm-hmm. known
0: for barbecue. You talked about Q39, yeah. Joe's, Kansas City, Jack Stack. I mean, you name yeah. it. Yeah. Like, there's barbecue galore.
2: Arthur Bryant. Right. Yeah. No.
0: South of us, you have, I mean, the one everyone knows, Aaron Franklin. Franklin's barbecue. Who see? Right. You have Salt Lake. <laughs> you have There's just, there's barbecue galore in yep. the Austin area in particular. We're right smack dab in the middle of them. What can Tulsa do to get on that barbecue map? Do you feel like we're there? And how can we elevate if we are there where we are currently
2: it's a fantastic question that I don't Thank really you. have a good answer for <laughs> 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 yeah, That's all right just what I, like, what, I mean spitball with me like what it what's your it, gut feeling when you're Kansas rap? City is OG I mean yeah. you know they that's where the original stockyards one of the biggest stock, stockyards in the world is in Kansas City that's why the barbecue scene is there where it is interesting because meat that. was abundant is that why Oklahoma has a lot of like barbecue too? I yeah, we've got pretty good stockyards here, but also Oklahoma has that because we don't have anything else to do. Ah, <laughs> it is time consuming. It is very time because I mean that's at one of my jobs in high, or, right, fresh out of high school was uh, water well work, and I worked mm. for an old guy, Green Beret. And his ongoing joke was the reason it, the reason so many Oklahomans work on old trucks is because it takes up time they don't have to be with their wife. When you say <laughs> that's funny, when you
0: say takes up time, tell people your normal like, so, schedule, if you want to call it that. Your, your work my, day,
2: I cook on hasty bakes, and those are essentially barbecue microwaves. I mean, it's just an oven. Mm-hmm. Um, my brisket takes on average seven to eight hours,
0: which, and to compare, mine probably takes 12 to 14, 14? 14 to 16,
2: easily. or 14 I'm, to 16. Yeah, yeah, I'm Aaron Flank. Franklin's Franklin. <laughs> Aaron Franklin's is taking same 12 yeah. plus yeah. I mean any offset burner it is a significant portion of your day
0: if not two days if not two <laughs> if days day if, yeah
2: it, I mean so you, there's enough content on YouTube you can actually watch there's a 24 hours at Franklin's show I think from one of those yeah you know, I've seen that w- one one of those where a guy goes and works at Franklin's for 24 hours straight. And they're pulling their briskets for lunch at seven in the morning and putting the next ones on at nine. Mm. So they're pulling... I mean, it, it is a 24-hour constant process. Uh, hot boxes are an amazing thing in our world. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question specifically, to get us on the map, it's marketing. Mm. I mean, Kansas City barbecue. I Whenever I went to Q39... Uh, went to Central Market in Memphis, and Central Market is the best commercial barbecue I've ever had outside of Tulsa. Mm. I mean, inside of Tulsa, 1907, oh my God. Tulsa Brisket Company was amazing. R.A.P. Philip, that makes me so sad. No, mm. I don't know what happened. It He got broken into, and he was oh. going to start working with another guy. And I don't know what officially made everything fall apart, but last I talked, I noticed to him, that
0: truck wasn't there anymore. Last time I talked yeah. to him,
2: he said he was out of the game. Dang! Right? I mean, mm. it's a once yeah. again back to it's what a, we said before. It's fragile. It's a it's fragile. And it's a grind.
1: Yeah, it is a grind.
2: And he built his own trailer. He built his own smoker. I mean, he had the best brisket, bite of brisket I've ever had in my life. Really? I mean, he was amazing. Mm. It was so good. Mm. But yeah, I mean, outside of Tulsa, the best I've ever had is Central Market. Q39, I was not impressed at all. I was not impressed at all. I've, I've eaten. I was not either. Yeah, I've mean, been there. It, I, I I've been good, there
0: twice. I, had, I had good burn-ins, and that was about it.
2: Yeah, I, I got yeah, the burn-in I, sandwich. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the
1: same. Yeah, I mean, I, I had their burn-ins. And I must have just had a good you batch. You must have, I don't know. Yeah. But to that point, to make a statement of you're making the best barbecue – You've got to be at least somewhat very consistent mm. and know the oh, tricks yes. to make it oh, yes. consistent.
2: No, I mean, Q39 is a large mm. restaurant yeah. that's serving 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. I mean, that's Albert G's and Rib Crib style. Albert G's, I think, is the most consistent barbecue in the state. I mean, they're not, you're not, they have amazing ribs. You're not going to find better brisket there than you will at any of the craft spots. Sure. But if you want a brisket sandwich at, Eight thirty at night, 1907's closed. I'm closed. Burnco's closed, right? Oakharps closed. Mm-hmm. But you can get a decent product at Albert G's, and what you can get at Albert G's is better than anything a Q39. Okay. I had at Q thirty nine. Interesting. I would agree. I mean, which was which is really weird to say. So, is yeah. it a lack of marketing
0: <clears throat> or the wrong marketing?
2: I would say it's more historical. Okay. So, I mean, Kansas City came up with Arthur Bryant's, and you know. Those guys have been around for 30, 40 plus years. Yeah. And I've been doing this forever. The barbecue scene in Tulsa until 2011. I mean, our Albert G's was good. But once Burnco came on the scene, it kind of lit a fire under their ass. And they started doing those Tulsa style ribs that are fucking fire. They're, they do a Tulsa style St. Louis rib that is so good. Mm-hmm. And it's... Black and bark like Burnco, and it's very obviously Burnco inspired. Yeah. It's so good, but I mean, until then, it was just barbecue. Once Burnco came on the scene, they did their thing, and then 1907 came through, and then Killer Whale came through. There was a little thing called Ember Barbecue behind American Solera for a little bit. That mm-hmm. was amazing, overpriced, but amazing. Is that when they were at 18 in Boston? Yeah. Was it that location? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they they. they they were actually my first experience with barbecue tacos that turned into what I'm doing oh, wow. across the street, not even across the parking lot. Yeah, right. across the parking lot, <laughs> yeah. across the driveway. There you go. But uh, I mean, just Burnco coming on the scene kind of lit a fire under Tulsa's ass. Mm. I mean, Max has been going the entire time. So then, what is the marketing
0: that we need? Like, how do you, and that might be a question you can't answer. That might I, be a question that, for Max. That's a question
2: you know? for you, dude. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually that's a good
0: point. So it's it might but, be the reason why we're doing this podcast yeah, right? a little yeah. bit. So please but, listen, you'll find some very good secrets yeah. about Tulsa like, and the community around you. I yeah. can come up with the strategy and the method of delivery and the yeah. content, but as far as the heart of the message, that has to come from the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. And that has and I don't know what that is. I don't know what the message is that differentiates Tulsa from Oklahoma City, from Wichita, from Dallas, from anywhere else in between Austin and Kansas City. Do you have a feel for that yet?
2: Well, Oklahoma in general, like I said before, is a melding, it's a melding pot. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got the sweet rubs and the sauces that we don't apply the way that they do in Kansas City. But then we've got the long cooks like they do in Texas. And we do brisket as opposed to pork, by and large. And we still have pork here. And we're heavy on sausage. And not to mention... Oklahoma tube steak. I was about to say, baloney. We
0: have the thing that no bologna. one else has. Nobody else has baloney.
2: They, they, they do a little That's bit bad. in Arkansas, and if you ask Nick Parsons, they do it in Texas. You're fucking wrong. But yeah, he's way <laughs> wrong. Come on, Nick. They don't do it in Texas. Yeah, but I mean that it, it's just it. Oklahoma is such a. It's unique, and that it shares the same ideas between two spots. Hmm. But that's a hard thing to differentiate, and that's a hard thing to sell. It's like, the best things about Texas and Kansas, come to Oklahoma. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not a marketing genius. Maybe you start calling it Melting Pot Barbecue. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, but, I mean, Tulsa, by and large, after I ate at Q39, the next Monday, we were there on a Sunday, the next day I drove to Skytook to go see Adam. Cause I was curious if I was full of shit. Mm. Like I was in my, I know what my food tastes like and I'm very proud of my food and I'm very happy with my food, but I was convinced that Oklahoma barbecue is better than that. And I went to go see Adam green and he fed me a plate of food. My first bite of ribs. It's like fucking, I was, I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. This is better than anything in that city. I mean, fight me. Let's do this.
0: Gauntlet. Throw them yeah, down. Man, let,
2: let's do this. I mean, I will put up bar- Oklahoma barbecue against Kansas City for sure. The only reason I won't say Texas is because Texas is salt, pepper, brisket, and if you put anything else on it, you're wrong.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And Except for Franklin's. They cheat.
2: Yeah, they put other things. They put but they seasoning tell, salt. They, they put, won't tell anyone. Saying, I know, I know. They won't tell anyone. <laughs> Except for the
0: guy that left and accidentally spilled the beans.
2: La Barbecue. Yeah. yeah. La Barbecue.
0: La Barbecue. Yep. What are we drinking before you ask your last question? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a story behind this one, too.
1: There is. So, uh, you know, I actually, when I was leaving the office, I saw the bottle in my private stash, and I was like, heck with it. I'm going to bring it because I'm feeling good, and I really want uh, to end the day with this bottle. Um, so this is, this is a really cool thing. This is our... Uh, Collaboration with Marble Brewing Company in Albuquerque, Mexico. Okay. New Mexico. Um, and so we, let's see, we <laughs> brewed this liquid. We brewed this liquid in February of
0: 2019.
1: Okay. okay. So, and so just, yeah. So, a little over two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the first time that like my hands touched this would have been uh, yeah in February 2019. So, uh, but they asked me to write the recipe, uh, which is a really great compliment. Um, they're uh, if you've never heard of their brewery, they're uh, two or, two or three times larger than Coop. Okay. Um, they're 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 big time, and uh, my connection to, with them is. I graduated with their, um, their. Uh, he's not their master brewer. He's their uh, operations manager, okay. uh, and I graduated with him in uh, in school in brewing school. So, anyways, it's a beard guard. There's only four bottles left in existence, and this is one of them. Oh, boom. So this is very rare. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. <laughs> You're very <laughs> welcome. Uh, so uh, I was ex- excited to open up the bottle, ex- uh, excited to see how it tastes for myself, uh, and tell the story. Um, it rested in uh, uh, Spanish Rioja barrels uh, and wild fermented for 18 months, uh, and then bottled. So get your jaws Ready, I think yeah. this is going to be a little bit tart. Uh, I'm I don't remember exactly. It smells a little tart. Okay, it, it, it's uh, delicious. But, I might have cheated. Yeah, <laughs> 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 but uh, but For, the name is sooner or later. Uh, and so at our brewery, we brewed the same exact recipe.
0: Is it Sooners with an S because of Oklahoma? They
1: yes. So they okay. they named it Sooners or Later. So Boomer. Yes. Go Pokes. <laughs> Go Pokes. <boats. laughs> so they named it Sooners or Laters. We named ours Sooner or Later because we we released the unbarrel aged version first, and then a year and a half later, we released mm. the barrel-aged version. And we, we actually aged ours in a clean uh, Spanish Rioja barrel that I actually bought when it was on the boat in transit to America from... Spain. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So it hit the port and then went straight to the brewery. That's cool. awesome. uh, For those then, who don't know, what's a beer de guard? A beer de garde is actually a French-style beer, um, and it's uh, in the left quadrant of Saison's. Okay. So it's like a farmhouse Saison... Uh, style. I
0: don't think most people know the quadrants of saison.
1: No, th- no, one really actually knows <laughs> what the quadrants of saison okay. is. It's Cez- if you if you ever drink a beer with the name saison on it, it's just because the brewer was very confused and just said that. That's a saison. <laughs> sure. So saison. Uh, yeah. Saison. So please enjoy this.
0: This cheers, is uh, really fun. Man, cheers, I'm, I'm, guys. Thanks so for coming thank on, you. Nick.
1: Thank yeah. Thanks, Grabbing Nick. You.
0: Yeah. Appreciate right, being here. My jaw's ready. That's fucking delicious.
2: That's actually not as sour as I thought it was going to be. It's like a strawberry sweet tart. Mm. It's so good.
1: (laughs) And past the candy part, like that sour candy and sweetness, you can—it's got a great finish. Yeah, it finishes very cherry forward. Lots of vanilla from the barrel itself.
0: That's amazing. It just coats your tongue. Spanish
1: real. Spanish Rioja barrels. All
0: right, you got one more question. Yeah. We drink. What are you in it on?
1: So going off of all of our questions uh, about Tulsa, about your passions, about where we're going, uh, why or how Tulsa can, uh, you know, grow its community, and I honestly think I'm going to tangent away wave. Dude. This came to my mind when he was answering that question. I think a little bit of why Oklahoma struggles with people knowing about oh, yeah, us yeah. is because I don't think that we're we're getting into a position where we are comfortable with it.
0: Are we scared to market ourselves? We're scared
1: to tell our own story. I, I, I think. It, but I'm not think, from here,
0: so where does that come from?
1: I think it actually comes from our history of Just being friendly, which is kind of a weird answer.
2: And I'll I'll agree with that. That it it comes like earlier you were telling me to talk about Mm Oakhart. Nobody in this state likes bragging on themselves.
0: That's why I had to ask you. No, nobody. Yeah,
2: it's uncouth to brag on yourself. I'm I'm very like you. We're very proud of what we do. But if you start bragging on yourself, then you kind of come off as an asshole. Right. And I just. You know? it's, it's, I'm, well, but it's what still, you can do I'm, I'm is you, of can, an you can let guys
0: like Grassfire Creative brag for you.
2: Yes, there Grassfire so Creative can definitely brag right? for you. So that, that way <laughs> you don't have
0: to brag on yourself so that we're the assholes
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. that are bragging about but, but yeah, and people want, high dive. In our, in our world, we want people to tell our story for us. And, I mean, nobody wants to hear about that awesome joke you just told. That's
0: true, yeah, right? Yeah, nobody. Wants Joe to Rogan will tell you about the awesome joke. You just <laughs> <told>. <laughs>
2: yes, he will. He's fantastic at that. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Anyways, sorry I cut you off.
0: Oh no, no, you didn't cut. I yeah. cut myself off. Yeah, <laughs> no, but that's an interesting point. So, the kindness of Oklahomans is in a roundabout way.
1: It's getting in restricting
0: our way. Oklahoma. Tulsa, and if we want to be specific, because that's where we're sitting, mm-hmm. from putting themselves out there to get the notoriety that not only <clears throat> would help the state, but that they deserve. Right. And it's the feeling, like you said, of, oh, well, if I brag on myself, that makes me an asshole, that makes mm-hmm. me a douchebag, that makes me whatever, yeah. right? That's interesting.
1: And actually, okay, so I'm going to give an example, and I, I'm going to get to my question. I don't no, agree with that either, keep, by the way. Like, yeah, I, I, keep talking I agree and with, and,
0: and I'm not saying either of you are wrong, <clears throat> but we have to find a way to make ourselves not feel that way. Right, no. and yeah. I think it comes with repetition
1: and, yeah. and knowing that it's okay to tell your story and it's okay to say the truth Um, because like when I'm sitting here actually talking about this beer, talking about buying a barrel that's still in the ocean coming to my brewery, that's a humble brag, right? And it's still, still in my stomach as
2: an Oklahoman. I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that. Absolutely yeah. not though. No. <laughs> and for, no. for years our motto was Oklahoma is okay, not Oklahoma is the fucking shit. <laughs> but we are <laughs> we are the fucking shit.
0: <laughs> but do, so, and we don't have to delve into this because that'll add another hour to the, the conversation. But the people that say Tulsa is the next, and then it's like they cross off Austin, they cross mm-hmm. off like Tulsa's the next, the next Tulsa. Tulsa. That's great. But on the same hand, you can't say that. Then not want people to move here because you don't want more traffic, mm-hmm. or not want people to move here right. because it would, that.
2: It, it's It can't live in the same existence. Yeah, no, you're right about right? that. But we want to so, be, be ourselves. We also want to attract those people.
0: Right. We have to right. pick a lane. Yeah. Like yeah, you have to
2: pick a lane. Those are two vastly different lanes. One's going yeah. this
0: way, and one's going
1: this way. Like you have to pick a lane. Right. I think the lane is, that we're going to ultimately pick
0: is Tulsa is Tulsa, which is fine. And but if people like that, we well. Let me backtrack. We have to market that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if people like that, then we have to allow them to come here and of course. embrace them with open arms. Not mm-hmm. that we don't, but we like to say that we don't. Yeah. Because we're nice. And when they come here, we're very nice to them. But we like to say internally that, no, 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 no. Yeah, like, no. Keep everybody else away. <laughs> we order. don't. Uh, yeah. No, I,
1: I do. I, I want their wallet money. Good. <laughs> wallet money is nice. Yes. <laughs> it's, re- it's real
2: nice. <laughs>
1: Oh, my word. Um, Okay. Wrap us up, Austin. In in your best terms, I want you to describe uh, what you think makes Tulsa special and what we should be telling after all of these statements, what we should be telling the world, why why High Dive is a place to come to, why this area of, of the world is a place that people should be paying attention to because we have a really cool story. We have really interesting history here that we're grappling with currently. Yes. Um, yeah. But, and, and, and pushing through really well. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to because we are inherently nice people, but I want you to define in your own words why do you think Tulsa should be a place that people pay attention to?
2: Authenticity. That's probably the best thing I can come up with. I mean, the people in the city aren't trying to be anything, we aren't trying to fit niches, we aren't trying to fill voids. We're people who enjoy what we do. And we're in people, I mean, one of the nice things about being a flat ever state is the overhead's very low to operate in this city. It's awesome. So yeah. we, 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 while we are all chasing money because we live in America and ultimately that is what we do here. Yeah, we sure. just got to pay your bills. We I mean, you don't exist without paying your bills. But our overhead is low enough that we don't have to sell out necessarily to do what we want to do. We can kind of chase passion projects. I mean, mm-hmm. even to the point that like there's enough work in this city that you can take on a second job that give you some passive income that will allow you to chase your dreams allow you to do what you want to do, and I can't think of a single restaurant in this city or brewery in this city that is outright just chasing dollars. Mm. Everyone is just—we're having fun. We're having fun. We're having fun taking care of people. We're having fun, and you know, making our product. I mean, a little tangent. The other day on Facebook, a buddy of mine posted something about if you go to a restaurant and you see a chef special. Is that really just the chef trying to get rid of excess product? And I commented on there. I was like, no. Absolutely no no. not. I mean, sure, sometimes. Why would you even think that? <clears throat> sometimes, I mean, yeah, sometimes it's a garbage barrel. But, I mean, ultimately, what you're going to see your garbage food going into is fried rices and quiches and things that you can hide product in.
0: But even if you're trying to get rid of it, you're coming up with the creative
2: exactly.
0: dish it, exactly. to try. I mean, like
2: right? yeah. go around town and just buy chef specials. I mean, yeah. there are so many. I mean... This is only episode five, and you've already had two or three of the most creative minds in the fucking culinary world. Yeah. In
0: this the room. stuff that Colin is doing at Vintage, like we didn't yeah. go on the 14th, like we said yeah. we were going to, to that dinner. Sorry, Colin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe we can go the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. 24th, right? Or Saturday before Thanksgiving. Is that the we'll same? Yeah, we'll look it up. Yeah. Um,
2: but I mean. What what they're doing over there at Hemingway. Yeah. I mean, I, the I stuff Tack brought. That fucking steak. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Whenever I told, like, I told my wife, it's like, so Tack was on here a couple weeks ago, and he brought a 45-day ribeye. I'm bringing some pork belly. (laughs) 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 I'm I'm always slightly embarrassed. (laughs) Dude, that pork belly though. The
0: we talked about it when you went away because we went over there and ate more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, go for it. Go for it. The flash fried, the the texture difference in it it makes it
2: it makes it wild. I mean, there's just. There's so much good food here. And we're at we have access to some of the most fresh beef and produce in the world. And it's just I mean, you start chasing seasonal chefs like Kevin Snell. I mean, oh my God.
0: Yep. He'll be on Um, soon. Jason from Prairie Creek Farm will be on soon because Tray from Grassroots Larder and Grassroots ranch and, ranch and Farm yeah. Bar. I want Matt to come on from Orin. I want Lisa to come yes. on from, I mean, there, from Farm Bar. There's yeah.
2: so much good food in the city of people just chasing flavor and just having fun with
0: it. You want to know this? I don't know even if this is true or not, but the what Cat is doing at Farm Bar with fucking bread. I have no idea. It's. Dude, she puts like porridge in bread.
1: Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> and so you're
0: you're eating this bread that is, it, for those of you who don't like this word, grow the fuck up. Moist and mm-hmm. and wet and like, mm-hmm.
2: but it's fucking unlike yes. anything you've ever had. But it's bread, and they're and right there in the old oh. 1740 spot. If you yeah. don't go to the actual farm, and that's out in what Depe- Depew? De- Depew? is that Depew, right? I yeah. I I could be wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> i think it's the pew i think it is i think it is well we're gonna roll Don't with that me. it's in the pew and if you it's guys keep not talking i'm gonna it, if it's if it's quick. not in the pew you guys need to move to DePew to make this work <laughs> <laughs> that's also a fun word to
1: say depew. Depew.
0: <laughs> it is depew pew oklahoma yeah 25 yeah. 198 south 481st west avenue i thought oh, our streets were 481st jesus the so just a Oklahoma. few, few miles yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. Just a few. Just over
2: the, just over the river.
0: Yeah. All right. So before we go, tell everybody your hours when they can come see you. I uh,
2: yeah, high dive Tulsa. We're open 11, 11 AM Tuesday through Saturday, uh, 3 PM. We close Tuesday through Thursday. So it's lunch only Tuesday through Thursday, lunch and dinner Friday and Saturday. However, being barbecue, when it's gone, it's gone. Mm. So if you want to come in, call me, make reservations. It's a small space. If I know you're, if you call in Thursday and say you're coming in Friday night, I will make sure you get fed. There you go. But if you just show up on a whim, I will do my absolute best. You might not get brisky, you might not get burn-ins. But there's a decent chance you get pork belly, which is delicious. I, I I always cook lots. I mentioned before I always cool the pork belly, mm-hmm. so I always have that on hand as one of those sort of crowd pleasers. At the very least, I can give you a pile of pork belly and some chips and salsa. And you'll leave there with a meal. Call it the tasting room special. The tasting. There, you ah, go. Box, yeah. there <laughs> we go. Check, check the menu. Heard. That, was, the, a, that menu. was a kitchen tasting heard. room. Check that the menu. Goes. Heard. Tasting yeah. room yeah. special. Yeah. Cheers, Thank guys. For in, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thanks, we'll be, Nick.
0: We'll be right back after the break. And that is Nick Cartering. Uh, man,
1: it, that was such a fun yeah, conversation. That was a lot of fun. Dude, this uh,
0: beer was spectacular. Yeah, You know what it reminded me of, and I hope you take this as a compliment. It reminded me of a Jester King. Oh,
1: wow. That's a very big compliment. Yeah, it really did. Thank you very much. It really did. Yeah. It was delicious. Uh, Yeah, and, you know, within that, we were trying to strive to tell two different stories within one recipe, Mm. Uh, and I think that we did a really great job because we released the unaged version first. Sooner. And then released the barrel age version later. Later. I like that, Uh, and really got to showcase what barrels do to beer, and also what yeast will do Mm -hmm. to the recipe itself. So, uh, really fun
0: story, but also really great conversation. Absolutely, I was going to say what what also was fun in this was not only the beer and the bourbon or the the rye whiskey and the food, but yeah, just the conversation and, and hearing someone say that. He feels like Oklahomans and Tulsons are afraid to brag on themselves, to to market themselves. Like I, I just, I'm here to fix that. Like that Let, has let's to be fixed.
1: Get, let's get at it,
0: Oklahoma. Right. I mean, let's do it. Come on. We're not just okay. There you <laughs> go. We're better than that. Not just a flyover state. Yeah, we're right? not
1: a flyover state. We're a place to come, stay, uh, have a have a good time. Yeah. Actually, Lisa and I just went down to uh, Tallahina. Go and ahead. the foliage drive on Highway 1. How was that? Down, that would be north of the Kaimichi Mountains and the Owachita
0: Mountains. Okay. That was awesome. You went at the right time because the leaves in my... So the tree in front of my house was beautiful red for the last two weeks, maybe. Oh, I
1: bet it's all barren now.
0: Today, I pulled up. Today. Like yesterday, I walked the dogs and there were red leaves. Today, I pulled up and the wind was so strong. And the, it was that it's time. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, it's a yeah. winter-looking tree. We
1: we fortunately found that drive at the exact yeah, right moment. Yeah, but uh, if you guys haven't been to High Dive, that it's barbecue, really good. That fusion of styles. The their pickles, their wontons. Yeah, the wonton chips are <laughs> those
0: are really good. He says that they're not smoked, but the salsa smoked, and then the things that they cook in the oil is are smoked the hasty bake. So, in a way, they're like third-degree smoked or whatever. Inherently, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoked. Yeah. (laughs) Like your second cousin, they're like second smoked or whatever. Right, right. right. Uh, That's smoked once removed. There you go. Thank you. I was going to say second smoked does not sound right. (laughs) Smoked once removed. There you go. I like that. So, we had fun on this one. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Yeah. Tune in next week-ish for the next guest who uh, will be named later. We're not going to spoil it well yeah just keep him on a cliffhanger right exactly that's what
1: we do this isn't necessarily tv but close enough yeah i got close a little enough. beer
0: left cheers yeah cheers good show good See show you guys next time thank you very much Take care.